street tonight because I'm not speaking again. <laughs> I know, like if I keep up at this rate, it seems like I have more people in to speak than I actually speak. So, uh, but that's a good thing because we love giving people opportunities to speak and allowing people uh, to grow and use their gifts. If you heard him this summer, you know that Kyle came out and spoke for us, uh, I think it was in August, and he did a great job. And it was his first time ever giving a message, sharing a sermon. And afterwards, he was like, there was something to that. Like, I need to do this again. And I was like, well, let me give you another opportunity. And so I wanted to invite him back. And I'm so glad he took up that opportunity. And, you know, we don't know what his future is going to hold. He has some dreams. He has some big ideas. And I'm like, hey, you need to come to Philly, brother. That's what you need to do. And so I'm excited to have him back. But before he comes, um, I'm thrilled also that my good friend, Pastor Jared Waters, is here. And he's a fellow Send Network church planter. And I think the highest praise you can give anyone is that they are a man or a woman of prayer. And this is a dear friend who, when I'm having a bad day or I'm at the end of my rope, I can send him a text message, I can give him a call, and he prays for me. And he prays in such a way that it changes how I feel, it changes what I do next, and this is a guy you want praying for you. So afterwards, if you're like, I need some prayer, you just go up to him, he'll be happy to pray for you. But I thought, what a great privilege to have him here. Why don't I have you come up and pray for our speaker, Kyle, before he speaks tonight? Thank you so much for being here, brother. I appreciate it so much. Good evening, everybody. Let's look to the throne of grace. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much. We thank you for being such a faithful God. We thank you, God, that your ear is always attentive to our cry. We thank you, God, that you're never too busy for us. We thank you, God, that you invite us to cast our cares upon you because, not because you have all power, which we know you do, and not because there's no problem that's too hard for you, which we know there isn't. God, you said, cast your cares on you because you simply care for us. And God, thank you for caring for us. Thank you for caring us when no one else cares for us. Thank you for caring for us when we don't even care for ourselves. God, you're so good. And Lord, I just want to lift up Horizon Church right now, Lord. I want to uh, lift, lift up my, my brother Alex and his wife Darby. I want to pray, Lord, that you just continue to minister and encourage them. Lord Jesus, help them to remember that their labor is not in vain. God, and as we are prepared, preparing to hear from you through your servant, I pray, I lift up uh, our brother Kyle. Thank you for the gift that you're stirring up within him, Lord. It's a very vital call very sacred call. So Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you allow him to be used by you. Prepare him to be a vessel for the master's use. Let him know, Lord, that he is coming and sharing the bread of life. If there's someone out here that needs to hear from you tonight, God. Someone that might have thought you've forgotten about. Someone who might have a hard way in the road. And they just need a little light at the end of the tunnel. But God, we know that your word does all that and more. For no weapon that's formed against us shall be able to prosper. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. So Lord, we just now commit this service unto you and we thank you, God. We thank you for your awesome power. We thank you for your awesome grace. Most of all, we thank you and we love you because you loved us first. In Jesus' name we do pray. All the saints of God said, Amen. Amen.
I know how long I go, because I care about y'all's time. Um, I was kind of shocked that Alex gave me the opportunity to come back here. Um, I did have a blast last time, and it was an opportunity uh, to kind of do something that I knew that the Lord had been stirring in me. And it was funny, because over the summer, the Lord was telling me, something's going to happen, and I need you to say yes to it. And I was like, okay. Like, what is it? And something big happened. And I was like, is it this? It was a date. And he said, no. And that didn't work out. And then another big thing happened, and it was a job opportunity. I was like, oh my gosh, is it this? And he was like, no. And then Alex said, hey, you should come up to Philly and preach at my church. And he was like, this is it, say yes. And I was like, uh, are you sure this is it? And he was like, yes. So I came up here, uh, had a blast, and... Um, yeah, and then he invited me back, and I was like, well, I said yes last time, and the Lord was like, you have to say yes again. So, it's the Lord, and I appreciate the opportunity. Um, talking about prayers and specific prayers, and I was excited because he gave me like a list of like, what do you want to talk about? And then he gave me the list, and specific prayers came up. And I've been through some stuff, so I said, that's the one I want. That's, that's what I want to talk about. So he said, Sure. Again, so I want to talk to you guys about specific prayers, but first, I want to ask you guys a question because I think a lot of us tend to think that maybe God is giving us certain things because we know God can give us things. And then he is giving us other things or he's denying us of other things because um, he doesn't want us to have them or he doesn't want to experience or want us to experience it the way. But I think a question that's really important to ask is, what would you say if I told you that God wants to give you whatever you ask? He desires to give you anything you ask. Because I think that's an important question to ask yourself is, okay, does he? Scripture in Psalms 2, it says, Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had... Parents who have said, ask me for something, and you know I'll do my best to give it to you. And I've said, okay, I want a bike. And they're like, okay, ask me something else. <laughs> and so I'll be like, okay, well, I want a Nintendo. And they're like, no, ask for something that's like beneficial to you. And I'm like, I don't want any, like, like ask for this book that I got you. And I'm like, okay, can I have that book? And they're like, well, yes, but not right now. So that's one of the ways that we view God, though, is I think we tend to look at him as like a parent who they tell us, you can ask me for anything, but there are certain things that I don't want to give you. And I think it's interesting because Alex mentioned in probably, I think it was the first week, that sometimes we view God as, as we ask for things that aren't good for us. Like a child uh, who wants something dangerous, like fire. Or I think he used the term spiritual heroin. Where he's like, God, give me that spiritual heroin. He's like, no, I'm not going to give you this. And I think we tend to view God where he's the person who's going to give us. Or he's the thing that's going to give us things that are good. And then keep things from us even if they're good. In, the, in saying that, I mean, what are some of the things in your life that you want that are beneficial, but they're not necessarily necessary. I want a 55-inch screen TV. I would love a 4K TV. It's good. I mean, I'm a digital media major. It would be able to help me be able to watch videos and be able to edit videos. But that doesn't mean it's necessary for me right now. So sometimes we view that as what we want is necessary. So the question is, maybe you've been asking certain prayers. And you've been learning about prayers for a couple weeks. And why 
won't God answer my prayer? I'm being specific. I'm asking for things. And I think it's interesting, uh, Nick spoke about how we sometimes we fixate on something and we pray it over and over and over, like, maybe this will change God's mind, and like, maybe eventually I'll just wear him down. And I think it's interesting because I don't think that God is up in heaven saying, you know what, ask me whatever you want so I can tell you no. Ask me whatever you want so I can prove how great I am by saying, no, this is how powerful I am and this is what I'm about. You have to ask only what I want. And because, you want, you know, because you're doing that, it sometimes will stress you. I know with me, it'll stress me because I'm saying, God, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking. But I want to look at a, a certain passage where Jesus is asked for something. And I think it's interesting because when I read this, it resonates with my soul. So turn with me to Mark 10. It's in verse 46. And it's interesting to me because so often I think my prayers look like this. And in verse 46 it says, They came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he, he began to cry out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him, be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call. And they called the blind man saying, take heart, get up, he's calling to you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up. I love that in the ESV it uses sprang up. And came to Jesus. Verse 51. Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go on your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. And I think it's interesting because Jesus doesn't say, You're healed. He asks him a question. What do you want me to do for you? And I think so often we're the blind man. We're in a struggle. We're in a storm. We're praying out. We're crying out. Lord, I want this. Or I need this. Or this is what I'm specifically praying for. Why won't you do this? But what we do is we say it in a general term. This blind man said, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he said it again. Son of David, have mercy on me. How many times in our prayers are we the blind man who says, have mercy on me? And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? And we say, have mercy on me. He says, oh, okay, but what do you want? There's an iconic scene in the movie The Notebook where he screams at Rachel McAdams, what do you want? I feel like sometimes Jesus has to do that in my life. And he says, what do you want? And I think the reason that some of my prayers go unanswered is because I don't know what I want. And I think it takes me going through some of these moments where I feel the drought, where I have to let the leaves die so that I can see the tree behind the bush, where I can see the bare bones of what I look like so that I know exactly what I want. And it's interesting because he asks us, what do you want me to do for you? And all throughout life, we have things that we're asking God to do. And I think it's 
it's hard because we're grown, we are constantly battered by this world with questions of, well, how can God be good? Or what is God doing? Or that was a coincidence. And so we pray things almost small so that in case God doesn't show up, he's protected. And we protect him in the way that, oh, well, you know, he wasn't focused on that. Like he was focused on something else. Or we do the opposite where we tend to say, all right, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask for anything special because I don't want to bother him. Like he's a dad who's busy at work. And we're like, okay, I'm not going to do that. But he says, no, in Psalm 2, 8, he said, ask me. I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. And I don't know about you, but I get the sense that a God who says, I will make the nations your inheritance can answer your prayer. The ends of your the ends of the earth, your possession. I feel like there are times that our prayers go unanswered because we may know what we want, but we're asking too little of God. He can give us nations and we just want a little block. He can give us nations and we're asking for a street. And it reminded me, when I was reading through some of this, it reminded me of this last year has been really exciting. I'm in school for sports broadcasting. It's my passion. It's my dream. It's what I love. I can talk sports and Jesus all day long in my sleep. It's fine. Like, I will never get tired of it, ever. And I came back to school in uh, 2016. I was 27 years old. And I started getting some experience. And I started working toward that life and that dream. And in spring of 2017, the Liberty men's lacrosse team, which is where I go to school in Liberty, uh, at Liberty, they were playing, and I played lacrosse in high school. And I said, man, I forgot how much I love this game. This sport is so fun. Like, I always wondered, why did I play lacrosse? I played for three years in high school, and that was it. It had been probably 12 years since I had played. And I'm sitting here watching lacrosse saying, I love it like it's the first day that I sat down and watched it. So I prayed a prayer. Lord, next year, I want to call play-by-play for one of these games. And then I started working. I kind of just forgot about that prayer. I just kept moving forward and I said, all right, Lord, you know, like we're just going to do it. Year goes by. So it's about winter, late winter of uh, 2017, and the spring uh, semester is about to start, and I get a phone call from, actually it's an email from the sports uh, executive producer of the Liberty Flames Sports Network. And he says, uh, Kyle, um, you know, we, we really could use some help this semester. And I sent him a reel. I was like, yeah, I got this. Like, here's all my stuff I've done. I've called play-by-play -play for high school football. It has nothing to do with men's lacrosse in college, but sure, like, this is what I'm capable of. And I worked for it, and I reached for it, and I said, I really want to call lacrosse. And he was like, okay, cool. Did get back to you. About a month goes by. The season's about two weeks away. 
I email them again. I'm like, hey, I know you said you needed my help. I sent you my stuff. Uh, what are we doing? He said, oh, I thought I emailed you already. No. I said, you're on for four games. I said, oh, I just needed one. Like, I just wanted one. He gave me four. First game, absolute trash. I was horrible. <laughs> I was so bad. But I prepped so hard for this game. And I had constant communication with them. And I worked for it. And I wanted it so bad. And they gave me another game. And then I was working five. I was like, okay. And then the next game went really well. And they said, yeah, we also need these other two games as well. So they gave me two more. And after about the third game, I realized, I think I made a mistake. I think I should have prayed for all the games. Because I prayed for one. And he gave me four. I worked for that one. And he gave me three more. And I think that there's a balance between understanding that Mark Batterson says it all the time. Pray like it depends on you, or on God. Work like it depends on you. And I think there's a balance in, in how we pray specifically for our dreams, for our passions, for what we are chasing. And working toward them. Because you meet at the altar, but you work in the field. And I think it's interesting that we constantly will get to areas and we say, okay, God, show up in my life. And he says, okay, meet me in the field. And we say, I'm at the altar, show up in my life. And he's like, I'm in the field. He's like, no, come on. Like, I'm waiting on you. Let's do this. And we're like, God, where are you? He's like, I'm in your field. <laughs> like, go back to work. And it's so exciting because there are things that we pray for that God has already equipped us to do. And I think when we're praying specifically, sometimes we pray specifically for things that God said, I want you to do that. I told you to do that. I gave you the ability to do that. I already gave you the opportunities to do that. Why are you asking me to do something that you're supposed to do? Which is exciting because, one, we have a God who loves hearing from us and asks us to ask him for great things. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance. Like, he loves that. But he's a God who loves us so much who says, I will meet you at the altar and take you into the field. I will meet you where you are. At your deepest regret, at your deepest desire, wherever you're at, whatever you need, I will meet you in prayer. But let's go do this together. And I think sometimes we get wrapped up because we want the wrong things. We want something that isn't beneficial to us or anybody around us. And I think it's, it's interesting because a good question to ask yourself of when you're praying something specific is does what I want reveal the gospel to the people around me? I know I've wanted a nice car, but how is that going to prove the gospel? I want a big screen TV. How is that going to prove the gospel? I want to be famous. How is that going to prove the gospel? 
It doesn't matter how famous I am if nobody knows that God is alive in me. And I think it's interesting that we tend to separate some of our desires. And we say, okay, it's okay to chase this. And then God, I'm waiting for you to do this. And he's saying, why aren't you chasing me in what you want? Because I can give you the nations as your inheritance. I can give you everything and more that you desire. And it's interesting to me that throughout my life, I have constantly asked for things that are about me. Selfish. Selfishly asking. It's no wonder that I haven't seen some of the prayers answered. It reminds me of the story in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6. Uh, the prophet of Israel, Elisha, is just living a life that's amazing, but he's the only person who's really speaking for God. And this king of the Arameans hates him because Elisha tells him the truth. And it's like, yeah, God's not happy with you. So the king of Aramaeus says, where is Elisha? And they say, he's in the city called Dothan. So he goes, sends chariots and horsemen to Dothan and bring him to me. And in the morning, Elisha and his servant wake up and his servant says, Elisha, the armies of the Arameans have surrounded us. We're going to die. <laughs> like, we have no escape. And Elisha prays a very, very specific prayer. He says, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And at that moment, his eyes were opened and he saw chariots of fire and the armies of the Lord surrounding the armies of the Arameans. I think that sometimes we pray for our salvation instead of praying for others to have their eyes opened. That is one of the big things about asking specifically, is it for you? Are you capable of doing it yourself? Or is it for the kingdom? And Alex has talked about, do we want the things of God? Do we want what his heart is asking us to want? Are we aligned with his desires? And I think if you ask yourself, there are things in your life that's totally aligned with God. And you're running toward them, and it's amazing, and then you have things over here that aren't. That you're asking Him to do things on one side of things that you're supposed to do, that you're capable of. And then you have the other side of things that you want Him to do that only He can do. And you have to be able to figure those sides out. Because in order to figure those sides out, you have to actually examine this and examine what God is capable of. And he says, ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. I think he is asking us to say, Lord, make my desires your desires. But in making my desires your desires, show me my passions. Because he's given you the passions and he's told you to pray specifically for them, grow specifically in them, and experience what he has for you. And I think it takes examining who you are and what you're asking. Going back to the question of what Jesus asked the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? 
Uh, I've been reading through Gideon, um, the story of Gideon, and Alex said that he shared it with you guys over the summer. One of the things that I've really been encouraged lately of Gideon is he challenges God. I don't think he does it arrogantly. I think he does it because he knows stories of God, but he hasn't experienced God. And I think that he challenges God by asking specifically, um, Lord, may there be dew on the ground, but not on the fleece. May there be dew on the fleece, but not on the ground. Because he needs proof that he can trust the Lord. He's heard the Lord. He grew up when they were walking with the Lord. And he asked in a very specific manner. And I think it's important to ask those things too. Lord, where am I asking you to do things that you've already told me to do? And Gideon taught me this. When you know God is who he says he is, you can trust him to do what he says he'll do. That's where I think... I think it's important to understand that your ask is not too little or too great for God. You can't ask more than the nations. You can ask for whatever you want and God is bigger. And if you try to put God in a box, he's not going to get mad at you. He's just going to give you less. So many of us want something but we don't know what it is. And so we settle for whatever he gives us. And he's saying, ask, and I'm going to give you. I want to lead us in a little bit of time of prayer. And these are the two takeaways that I want you guys to have throughout this week. What am I asking God to do that I am supposed to be doing? And then what are you asking for that only God can do. Are you asking with a humble heart? Lord, this progresses your kingdom. Like Alex said last year or last week, your kingdom come, your will be done. Is it something that will benefit others? Is it something that will expand the kingdom of God around you? Is it something that reveals the gospel? If it's something that you selfishly want and I have so many desires that I've asked myself and had revealed that wow I really don't need this and I've stopped praying prayers because I don't need that so I want to lead us in a time of prayer and I want you guys to ask specifically and as I lead the band can come back up and set up for the last song but what am I asking for, Lord, that you have given me the strength to do myself? And where am I supposed to trust you in the things that I cannot do? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your desire to give us whatever we want. But I love that you love us so much that you show us where we need to desire you. You show us where the gospel comes alive in us. God, there are people here tonight who know enough about you to know that you are good, but they haven't experienced 
what it actually means to hear your voice or to see you answer a prayer in their life. I pray that you would hone us in on what we want. That we would know, Lord, this is of you and this is what I want. That it would honor and glorify you and that it would build your kingdom where we are now. So Lord, I just specifically ask tonight, what is in my heart that you've told me to do? What are areas in my life that I need to stop praying for and start working for? Lord, I specifically want to ask, what are areas of my life that only you can do? When it came to lacrosse, I only asked for one game and you gave me seven. I pray that you would open the eyes of the hearts that are here tonight so that they would see the chariots and horsemen of fire behind whatever their desire is, that they would know that you can give them nations, that they would walk in your ways and obey your word and see those prayers come true. Lord, finally, I just thank you for Jesus who prayed specifically, prayed specifically that we would know you, that we would love you, and that we would walk in unity with you. I pray this in his name. Amen.